2: Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Gary Armstrong and today I'm joined by Liam Bryce and Anthony Haggerty to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the pod today we are going to discuss the potential breakup of the Invincibles this summer, who is likely to depart the club in the coming months and how will boss Brendan Rodgers replace those who are leaving the club. Also we'll have a look at Celtic's star men this season on the back of our latest Record Sport Online article. And, as always, we'll have predictions ahead of this weekend's match, which is against Ross County at Celtic Park. So, firstly, gents, I just wanted to touch on last night's Scotland match, uh, an impressive Scotland display and a win for Alex McLeish. For once? Yes, yes. Well, early days for Mr McLeish, Tony. So, um, but what did you think of the display in general? And I wanted to touch a bit on the Celtic players, Tony. So we had Jack Henry... Uh, Stuart Armstrong, Cal McGregor and James Forrest, what did you make of them?
1: I don't know, but it was always pleasing to come into work after the back of a Scotland win. it was kind of bouncing a step and you know and a smile on the face. The Celtic performers in, in general I thought showed up pretty well. You know, Armstrong and McGregor in particular I thought were very strong in that midfield last night. Uh, Jack Henry in defence w- was decent. Uh, didn't let himself down and Shown that if he given give a nod for future future games, he, he won't let MD down, but I think he, he, he'll he be growing into the role a bit more, you know, uh, and Forrest, Forrest I think has had a terrific season, but in the past couple of months he's tailed off a wee bit, you know, and his performances hasn't matched the standard that he's set throughout the, the rest of the season, well, that's just an actual dip for him, I don't know, but... He still can't tear away from him. He's, he's had a he's had a cracking season. You know, so the the Celtic contingent in particular can be uh, pretty pretty satisfied with their contribution to the Alex McLeish's first one, which was great to finally get that monkey off his back after the first kind of non-event against uh, Costa Rica. But you know, it's it's encouraging signs early enough, you know.
2: Absolutely, and a lot of the talk. Liam has been about Scott McKenna, but Jack Henry did put in quite an impressive display at the back last night for for Scotland.
0: Oh no, he did. He, he's, um, he definitely did himself justice. Uh, not easy. I mean, there, there was a wee bit of pressure on last night, even though it's a, it's a friendly. There was a, you know, the, the, the kind of reaction to that result on Friday um, meant there was a wee bit of pressure on going into that game to, to, to get a result, and then obviously the, you know, your Scotland debut. Uh, that's at such a young age, that's pressure enough itself, but I thought he looked comfortable, I thought, you know, you had him and McKenna, the two young defenders actually looked, showed up the best, uh, and he, I, he can, I think he could be quite pleased with himself, he didn't look out of place, he didn't look phased or jittery, it was a, obviously hungry. You know, they weren't offering too much, but he's he dealt with everything pretty much that came his way.
2: Yeah, good at bringing the ball out of defence as well I thought, which is obviously one of the reasons that Rodgers brought him to to Celtic Park But moving on specifically to Celtic we're actually going to look at uh, Craig Swan's column in this morning's record about a possible break-up of the Invincibles Um, We've been talking about this a lot recently Tony, but there's quite a few players on there that could maybe leave the club, do you expect a big turnaround this summer from what you've heard?
1: Very much so yeah I think there are uh, Celtic have had the two years out of these guys, and I think there'll be a, a big uh, transition of players in the summer. Uh, transfers coming in and guys going out. You know, I mean, I think Craig's covered most of the topics, but I mean the the big ones as you as you know are well, Dimberley, who has been ongoing for since since he got here, really. You know, uh, the surprising one is maybe Scott Sinclair's. Uh, bombshell revelation that he wants to go back to England yeah there was don't that kind of link with, with yeah. we were Bournemouth earlier in the week don't know if he's just had enough uh, or he's just felt that he's maybe achieved everything that he can or maybe wants to try and put himself in the frame for England but you know the problem with Scott Sinclair is Scott Sinclair hasn't kicked the ball this season <laughs> if you compare him to last season you know he's been very very much a player that's gone off the boil
2: yeah you described him as uh, bereft of confidence yeah, the other week
1: totally and 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 you can see that in it, and I don't know how much maybe outside influences of, you know, there was that instant after the recent game at iBooks. one we had to contend with the fact that he was dropped, and then obviously the the unsavoury episode at the airport, you know, and you don't know how much that plays on a player's mind where they just think I've had enough, you know, I've won everything, I won, I even won the Player of the Year, you know, is that are these contributory factors to him, you know, kind of trying to agitate for his departure you don't know. Then moving into the midfield you've got Rogic, my my favourite player Rogic.
2: And you're going to have a call out later this week Tony. Uh, I believe Thursday for him. Friday
1: it's going in. yes which I'll just say will probably go against the grain of everybody's thought but it's my own thoughts on, on the player and you know how I've spoken many times in the podcast about it but I've, I've put it into print so I'm expecting a Possible backlash from that, but you be keeping keeping a low
2: profile on Friday. Tonight? No, not at
1: all. I'll uh, I'll I put my head above the power I've, I've written it, so I guess I have to. But I stand by every word that I say. And it, but you know, uh, and Craig said that uh, Tom Roderick and also Dedrick Boyata, they they've got a World Cup to look forward to. You know, so they could get big money moves on the strength of, you know, doing one thing. He highlighted the Senegal team branch in 2002 I think all of them got a move just by the fact that they won that opening game so there's every chance that those guys could go you know one but I didn't touch on was the, the big figures being touted around for Kieran Tierney yeah, Manchester United and Mourinho supposedly watching him so if they make Celtic an offer they can't refuse then that's, that's another possibility as well
2: Just specifically on Tierney while you mentioned that Tony Do you think he'll go to United, Liam? Um, If not this summer, then is he likely to leave Celtic in the near future? For you,
0: I don't. Personally, I can't see him going this summer. Uh, I still, it's you know everybody knows he's how you know he's basically he's a huge Celtic supporter. Um, He probably, I think it would take it would take a lot to to sort of him away from Celtic. It's still at this early stage of his career. He probably feels there's a lot more he wants to do at Celtic. I mean I think he'd be a he'd be a good signing for 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 Man United no, if, I don't think Mourinho
2: know, likes Luke Shaw too much. Well no no that that's home. a different that's a different story <laughs> entirely.
0: But I just think he, he he is the kind of player that uh that Jose Mourinho would I think would really take to. He's he's shown I think what's maybe um, done it for Mourinho as well as the fact that he's shown that he can play centre half as well as left back. And you know, if Man United come in with serious money, then well, you know, the question would be asked. But I I, I think it would take a a lot for him to leave at this stage. I, I think I think he will go eventually if he continues on the trajectory that he's on. But uh, I, I don't know if if this this summer is maybe a bit too early.
2: Well, we we touched upon it um, the other day in the back page. He's, he's still only twenty, I yeah. Think, yeah. So. Exactly.
1: So, bearing in mind as well, if they offer an astronomical sum of money, if you're trying to rebuild a team, you need money to do that, you yes. know. And I believe that Leo Lennon went on record as saying that Eden McGeady's transfer to Spartak Moscow for ten million quid enabled him to kind of rebuild Celtic to the extent where they brought in the likes of Foster, Hooper, and, and these guys and. Uh, and ended up in Vanyama and guys like that and ended up selling them to start the the recycle process again so that's Celtic's uh, business model you know where they have to we well, don't have to but they, they do they, they, they sell a player for some serious cash in order to start that regeneration of the team again you know so whether that's Dembele or Tierney remains to be seen but uh, personal happiness is a big thing in life and Kieran Tierney as you touched on there's only 20 and I don't think he's unhappy at Celtic because no. he never tires of telling you how much he loves the he's club. He's a and supporter on it. Of he's course he is. Yeah, yeah, not he? You, you know, so, uh, as Liam touched on it, it would take a serious, serious bid, you know, astronomical sum of money, to first ask the question because then you've got to ask the question of Tierney as well. And I just think at this moment in time, he's settled, he's got his place in the Scotland squad and, and he's a big, big player for Celtic and maybe he enjoys that role.
2: Enjoys the limelight as well, yeah, uh, and his uh, relationship with the support. Well, just coming back in general then to to this summer and the possible transfer moves, mm-hmm. is you know a rebuilding job something you feel that Brendan Rodgers would actually welcome? Um, th- th- there could be a lot of players going out the door, so is it a good thing for Rodgers to have all these players possibly leaving and then get you know a fresh but, sheet of paper to an extent.
1: Bearing in mind, there's guys coming back. You know, Ryan Christie's coming back. Lewis Morgan's came in. You know, he, he hasn't brought these guys in for nothing or, or loaned them out. And You know, I think Brendan's got his eye on where these guys would fit in if other pieces of the jigsaw are to go elsewhere, you know. So he's kind of moving his pieces around the chessboard, as they say. You know, and I think he's trying to prepare for every eventuality. You know, uh, Stuart Armstrong's another one whose contract's up and... Has not committed to a longer term deal, you know. Not seen much of Charlie Massonda, but again, another Patrick Roberts-type deal, 18 months. We expect him to so come on more than that. Yeah, and next year, uh-huh. the same way Roberts did at the start, you know. The same way that worked out, and Roberts might extend his deal as well. So there's there's all ifs, buts, and maybes there, you know. And I think Brendan's at the moment he's juggling things, you know, trying to pre-empt What's going to happen? Yeah, he's maybe been planning in advance for,
0: for this you summer know. for quite some time. I mean, yeah, I don't think he's he's not going to want to. He's not going to be content with losing four or five of his first teamers. But as you say, that there are guys coming in, um, but I don't think they're. You know, you look at the likes of Morgan, and he's not a. He's obviously a player with a lot of potential. He's been sort of tearing up the championship yeah. this season. Uh, Rogers obviously had his eye on him from the first time he saw him play, and, but he's not a ready-made replacement if uh, Patrick Roberts goes, they don't get Patrick Roberts again, which you know, a third season might be a wee bit unlikely for him, so it's he's not going to want a complete dismantling of the squad, even though he has got these exciting young players coming in.
1: Um, I, I've got a feeling that Morgan will play a, a bigger role than people might anticipate because he, he likes Morgan, and see when he likes a player, he will... He will give them the chance, you know, and he, he he singled out Morgan for real high praise, and then he went and bought him, and then loaned him back to, to say keep playing, you know. But when you come in here, you get down to the hard work, and your natural talent will shine through, and you'll get your chance. So I, I think you Morgan's one. Morgan's again another one of his projects taking a young player. And turning them into something, which he enjoys the a, challenge of that.
2: A lot of similarities in that sense with, with Ryan Christie as well, yeah. who's again got a, a Scotland appearance um, yep. over the weekend there, so could be two potentially key players for Celtic next season.
1: Of course, yeah, and, and again he, he loves working with these guys you know. He's and got
2: a history even before Celtic yeah. of working with youngsters like Raheem Sterling yeah. and, and even and Coutinho. Turning um, in them into a gender. finished article, Yeah,
1: you know. So th- that's his forty. And so you might find, as you touched on there, he, he might not want to lose that many, but I think he has guys in mind to come in to do a job. Whether or not they can step up to the plate right away is is another thing, you know, but he's certainly got his eye on who's going to do a job for him next season. Swanee, and his
2: column, Liam made reference to Man United and Alex Ferguson and the sort of team's... He rebuilt over many years, and how I think it was four-year cycles. he's referred to so. It it is about taking that Alex Ferguson as an example. Is it about getting a balance of not changing too much too soon, and trying to sort of blend different generations together? Is that something that's that's hard to do?
0: It is hard to do because you can't. You know the the players coming and going is never going to. It's never no matter manager as even fergie it's never going to pan out exactly the way that you want it to or you foresee it uh so i mean it's there's a lot of the four years certainly in fergie's case was was true and i think i think just by the the nature of the the the, some of the players in the celtic squad at the moment some of the the ages that some of them are like the likes of Rogic, armstrong Sinclair maybe a wee bit older, but these are guys who are maybe you know, that that cycle is is maybe a bit shorter for for them, and that they might start to think that, you know, I've maybe achieved everything that I can here, it's different for maybe guys like Tierney who have a lifelong affinity with the club, but some of these guys might think, well maybe it's time that I want to go and try a new challenge, it's not that they don't particularly want to be at Celtic, it's not that kind of you know, I want out of here. sort of think it's just a. I mean, they might look at they might look at the Champions League campaign that they had there and think, well, you know, it was it was a, in some respects it was it was pretty painful for them. So they might be looking at it and thinking, are we really going to make any more progress in Europe? They might, and as just as I as I came back to, they might just be thinking that uh that they've achieved everything that they want to achieve at the club and that it's just so happens that they have a few guys who are kinda of at that age and stage of their careers. Uh nearing the end some of them nearing the end of the contracts as well. Yeah exactly. Um things. obviously that plays into it. But Celtic are, you know they, they they tend not to to let guys uh run down their contract and leave um for for you know nothing or next to nothing, you know, it is is Tony sort of touched upon they're, yeah that's a good,
2: good point they always do even if it is a lesser value they will try to get a bit of money out of them and then maybe a sell on fee which is obviously uh-huh. so important yeah. to uh-huh.
0: so because that's their that's their sort of model uh, and so they're, they're not in the kind of the habit of letting these guys just run down their contracts and, and let them go they're they I if think there's a deal to be done if there's a deal to be done with the likes of maybe Rogic or Armstrong um and the the sort of feeling is that the these guys are not going to renew, then the Celtic they might just be like, well cash in. We'll cash in well we can. You know, obviously, you know, that might might not come to that. You know, there's still time for the likes of Armstrong and Rogic to put uh to um put pen to paper on new deals. Um but certainly if it got to that stage where they were at the risk of losing these guys for nothing, then I think you might well, see them getting
1: one caveat to that in order to cash in you need interest. And I don't see loads of clubs beating down the door to take either Armstrong or Rogic. At this moment in time, that could all change. But there is not a orderly queue forming for either or, is there? Maybe.
2: What's our level? Do you think they're at Tony? Maybe
1: lower end Premiership, Championship
2: clubs, and maybe look at them.
1: Possibly, yeah. One's with money, <laughs> so that's as you say, lower end Premiership clubs or maybe top end Championship clubs. You know, or again. In, in, in Roger's case, if he produces another something, a, a special goal at the World Cup, then he, he could earn a, a move on the back of that, you know. But again, will the buying club have done homework on him or just take it on the basis of that, you know? Something I wanted to touch on as well is not
2: so much the outgoings but potential incomings. I know it's always hard to put a figure in this, Tony, but. We've seen £7 million, obviously, is the price that Celtic need to pay for Edward. But what what is Celtic's spending limit at the moment? Or does it just depend on outgoings? I mean, obviously, they've financially performed well for quite a few years now. They've had a the Champions League money.
1: The manager said he would shell out £10 million on a player if he felt it was justified. You know what? I think, potentially, the spending they could go out and lash out double figured millions on on a player, but as you know, in the history of Celtic, that that hasn't happened. You know, so
2: six million, I believe, yeah. for, for Sutton is a, still the highest. And Hartson,
1: price. isn't it? Hartson was six or yeah. round about that anyway. Yeah, so you know that's the highest, and, and they would probably get Edward for the same kind of figures. So I think if you're talking, I don't think there's a cap or a ceiling per se, but I think, but if you're talking in terms of seven, eight million, I reckon that's about the highest they would want to go. You know, possibly ten if they felt that the the player justified the expense, and the manager can sweet talk those upstairs into, you know, parting with that kind of cash. But eh, I would say between eight and ten, but probably erring on the nearer the eight side. You know, and and if they are if they are going to splash that kind of cash,
2: Liam. Again, it would be Celtic's model to go for someone maybe from a Belgium, a Poland, uh, relatively young, who has a, a sell-on clause as well, because that still seems to be the model for Celtic. Even though they've brought in you know, um, the likes of Compere for a million, they've brought in Gamboa, who to this extent uh, thus far hasn't worked out, the model is still with a view to selling them on at some point, isn't it?
0: Yeah, because they've had they've had success with that in the past. Um, it would be wrong to call you know to say that they're a selling club. But as such, it's not quite as in that um, in that kind of bracket because these guys are obviously being brought into you know to, to deliver, perform to deliver, firstly, yeah. yeah to deliver trophies. It's not just you know a club who are um, bringing guys in with the with the. Soul view to develop them like you know, the way you see sometimes in the kind of lower reaches of the English Premier League, where these there's these clubs who are just they've, there is a kind of glass ceiling for them in terms of how far they can go in that league, and they'll bring in players with a view to selling them on to perhaps the bigger clubs in, in England. But whereas with Celtic, you're coming in, and these guys are guys who are expected to deliver silverware and win every game. Um, but yeah, getting back to, to you know your point, I think the model is has worked for Celtic in the past you know the obvious example is Virgil van Dijk, you've got Victor Wanyama these kind of guys who are unheard of and it wouldn't surprise you to to see more of that kind of player brought in um, even with the way potentially in Incham could develop that could yeah. be one well, exactly. of the he's already, I mean obviously they, was it about four, four and a half million they, yes, roughly they paid okay. for, for Incham and he's on that's the basis of so far, he looks as if he's got the potential to be another kinda one yama van Dyke type um type prospect. So it's worked and I I don't see why they would they would deviate from that too much.
1: An interesting aside going back further than that, Celtic could have had Vincent Company for a knockdown price many years ago when from he Anderlecht. Yeah, from Anderlecht. And that could have started that type of business model back then. Mm-hmm. You know, cause company, as we know, has injuries apart. He's gone on to take himself a, a very successful career. But Celtic could have had him for a knockdown price, but uh, 2003, something like that, when when Celtic played Anderlecht. So even then, their eyes were. Although that was a thought process. You know, we bring these guys in and, and sell them on. It, it didn't happen. They never brought company. But further down the line, that's when you started seeing it, like so we're in the Armour, coming in, Van Dyke. You know, they realised that that market could be tapped and they could benefit in the long term you know so it's a a tried and tested model and it's something that has brought them success along the way So just
2: to bring this conversation on on the potential sort of transfer merry-go-round at Celtic uh, this summer I mean it might be the case that most of them stay be looking at a similar squad but With pre-season being so crucial to Celtic, Tony, in terms of European qualifiers, if there is a big upheaval and change in the squad, does that make it even more difficult to be in the right place uh, in time for the Champions League qualifiers? Of
1: course, because it's it's even more difficult now to qualify for the Champions League group stages in. There's an extra round, uh, if if I'm not mistaken. So that's Celtic up against again, or behind the eight ball, so that's why the rumblings of this are starting now because I think he wants to do his business early, get these guys assembled as together as quickly as he can. Guys that are the guys that are the World Cup, obviously they'll have to wait until after then. That, that's fair enough. That's human nature. But the rest, he'll be saying to them, look, need an answer. You know, are you, here, are you staying or going? You know, because getting through to the Champions League group stages is vital for Celtic in terms of the revenue that it brings in, the prestige as well, and also it reflects well on our game. So another round just adds to the difficulty, you know, and also the tightness of the schedule in terms of getting a team that's Champions League competitive, then that, you know, your, your time is limited.
2: Absolutely. And just moving on to our next topic then, so our Record Sport Online team have done up an article this morning and it's rating each of the Celtic players' Uh, across the season now I'm not going to touch on everyone but the the star performers which you might be able to guess are Scott Brown who got a 9 and Mm -hmm. he Scott Brown won a recent poll on who should be the player of the season in the Scottish Premiership Kieran Tierney with an 8 Olivia and Cham with an 8 and um, I believe that's
0: their only James Forrest Uh, yeah sorry
2: James Forrest with an 8 as well so what about you, Liam? Is that something you agree with? It's hard, hard to disagree with those four players being sort of top of the tree this season. Uh, well, I, I wrote it. So. Oh, well, <laughs> oh, well, we're going to come on to the criticism element of it next. Well, so that's that's you can completely leave room fair that
0: enough. Point. Aye, no, you f- feel free to shoot me down if you want. Well, I wrote most of it, uh, but yeah, I mean, just Scott Brown. He's been the um, he's been the standout again for Celtic, and it's just the consistency with him. It's it's a season where you know they still could. You know they could bring in another treble. their you know uh, historic achievement, double treble. Um, but it's not quite been the same um, standards all round as last year. Um, but the only pers- possibly the possibly the only player you could apply that not apply that to sorry is is Brown, because has he just you know he just seems to, he's for a guy who's, you know, and he's there He's now his standards are. Just unbelievable. Um, even you know, it didn't have the Celtic as a whole didn't have the greatest of Champions League campaigns, but I thought even in the Champions League games, Brown still acquitted himself well. And it's just the I think that we touched on it in the article that the the game at Ibrox last um, earlier this month, sorry, was just the kind of typical Scott Brown performance. It, team down to ten men, there was that shot on the TV of Brown going over. Rogers just not even a not even a huge, you know, discussion with Rogers, Just a manager just puts a wee word in his ear, and from that moment on, he, he was just everywhere, um, breaking up play, keeping possession, keeping everybody else in line, um, and obviously we see how he's been rewarded with a testimonial at the end of the season, and he's just he has just been the standout. For for me with
2: Brown this season, I mean, when Brown first burst onto the scene, Tony, it was all action. But this year, what's been almost as impressive, if not more, is his composure and his leadership and his ability to really dictate the game and dictate the tempo of the game from the middle of the park.
1: I've said this before. Scott Brown's been the beating heart of that team for ten years. The ten years he's been there, he really has, you know. And he, if 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 any player has matured more in that time. Then show me them, you know. The penny dropped with Scott Brown early doors that he was at a big big club and could be a big fish, you know? And he and he grabbed that you know, he took that mantle and thought, Yep, I like this, I enjoy this, you know, and, and I've also said before, I cannot for life me understand why he's never been player of the
2: year. He will be player of the year this year, won't he?
1: I don't know. But uh, I, I just I, I don't get it. And I know he divides opinion, and I know he's the kind of guy that if he's in your team, you love him; if he's not in your team, you hate him. But you have to respect him and admire him for the kind of things he brings to the to the team. You know the leadership qualities, the just the the drive. You know, it, it just it inspires those around them. I mean that instant of You know, I mean typify them. You know, somebody tried to crunch him twice, then somebody smacks a ball off him, and he just gets up. Now, there's a there's a boy Daftness element in there as well. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong, you know. There's, but you know, just and and a plane to the gallery element to that. But is that not what you want in a captain? Somebody who says nobody's messing with me. This is my club. This is my team, and I'll tell you why. And and I, I've always been interested to hear what he says in the the huddle, you know. Yeah. Because uh, to a man they listen intently you know and that's hard to come up with something new and inspirational every time to to say every game but it seems to work and he and he delivers it all the time all the time and he just seems to get the best out of those around him and anyone that speaks about him can't speak highly enough of him you yep. know so it tells you what you need to know
2: There's the question at your next press conference Tony you can ask him what he
1: said <laughs> at the start of the game I'm sure it's not Churchillian or uh, you know but, uh, uh, might but I might. Uh, on this uh, it might well. I, probably not, <laughs> but it, it might well be. You know, I might be doing them a disservice. But uh, yeah, there you go.
2: And just touching on the other side of it, then uh, Liam, f- for you, who who's the most disappointing Celtic player being? I know that's almost a, a harsh word, but who's not performed to the level that you might have expected at the start of the season?
0: Uh, I think possibly. Michael Lustig, he seems to have really he seems to have regressed this season. I feel Um, I felt he was really shown up at times in Europe, and there's been a few times domestically as well where he just he he just I I don't know the kind of hallmark of this Celtic team under Brendan Rodgers has been how you know kind of composed they are a lot most of them are on the ball and you know he he just he doesn't. I don't. Know, he doesn't seem to have that composure for a veteran player. It's. If, I don't know if he's maybe his confidence is taking a bit of a knock this season. Or but I. I just think for a guy who had been so consistent for Celtic over the over the course um, since he's been at the club, but I think he's, he's he seems to have regressed a bit this season. And a lot of the, I can I noticed more and more as the season went on. A lot of the fans starting to pick up on that. A wee bit of talk on social media sometimes as his time at the club over and i think that could be an area that they maybe look to strengthen in the summer. um uh, we've always, we talked before we've talked about Scott Sinclair as well. i think Scott Sinclair's been a, a disappointment in comparison to the season that he had last year and it's a, it's a weird you know scenario because you know if you were to look at it purely on paper he's still you know he's rattled he's in something yeah 17 yeah. goals yeah. and so the the stats are still there but they obviously don't tell you the full story we've again we've touched on it it's he it just doesn't look he's not having the same impact i don't know whether you know opposition teams have sussed him out i do remember he spoke first half of the season where he sort of highlighted that himself where he felt he was been given a lot more attention sometimes you know guys doubling up on him sometimes three players on him so it's been harder in that sense, but he's just, just in general, just hasn't looked like the same
1: player. I'll, I'll throw it? Jozo into that as well. I think okay. three, three, three players that I believe have regressed have been listed: Seminovich and, and Sinclair, from the highs of last season. You know, Jozo at times has been found wanting in, in any games. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, very, he was being touted much, so. for ten million pounds to Lazio and A, So it's you know, and, it, and it's you know, you just you, you look at these players. and you think, how does that happen? How how can that happen more or less? And it kind of has happened overnight, you
2: know. Yeah. But it, I mean, it has been a long season for Celtic. We touched upon the, the Champions League qualifiers, and there's been a few players that haven't maybe performed to their level. But there's been a lot of injuries as well, Tony. And we were discussing just before we started recording. Some people maybe don't give Celtic their fair dues when 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 Celtic go oh, have got a big injury crisis.
1: They go, oh well, it's Celtic they can cope with it. But there has been a lot in the treatment table, hasn't it? I think those two words, injury crisis. At any club, it's still a crisis. It doesn't matter if it's Man U, Juventus, Barcelona. If you have an injury crisis and key players are missing, you, you know you miss them. You know, and you know just because they have the most money and they're the, they're the champions doesn't make it any less. Those players are any less valuable than anybody else, you know, but there has been a, there's been a, I don't know, can I notice that uh, more and more Celtic players have been injured, which was not the case, you know, and there's been a plethora of injuries this season to key individuals at certain times. Just know? coincidence, though, or? I don't know, you know, I, I'm, well, you'd like to think it was coincidence, but you know, you just you just don't know why that is, that you that you'd so many injured in the one season. Yeah, it just could be coming from the amount of games. You that, know, and yeah. Because they uh,
0: had that. The Celtic's season started well before everybody else were the, the Champions League qualifiers, so it was quite a quick turnaround for them after what was a long season already yeah. last year. Yeah. And it might just be catching up yeah. to, to yeah. some of these guys. And
1: I, I mean, never another to use fatigue Footballers as as an excuse, but it, it could well be that you yeah, because when you actually are, when you talk so, you up all know? the
2: appearances, going all the way in the Scottish Cup, all the way in the League yeah, Cup, yeah. Europe, mm-hmm. a lot of them, a good core of well, them, the been many of the League just games, the qualifiers, as well. so yeah, it will take its toll,
0: and it's it's the same as any other any other side. It doesn't. The, the, I mean, the the difference with Celtic is if guys are out, they do have the depth yeah. to bring in first team. Players, you may be elsewhere in the league, teams could be hit with four or five injuries and then suddenly they're dipping into the academy. Uh, not to say Celtic wouldn't do that if there was a ready made replacement waiting, but it, it doesn't matter if these guys are first teamers or not coming in, it just upsets the rhythm of a team, and that seems to have been the kind of main. Criticism of Celtic at times this season that there just seems to have been a lack of rhythm and fluency Hard to get a settled team in their settled play, 11. and it's it's difficult when guys are coming in and out of the side, guys are coming back in but they're not quite up to speed yet, and it, it's it it doesn't matter how many you know players you have in the squad if it's constantly changing and there's not uh, a consistency then it it is going
1: to it is going to show. It's not an excuse you find. Levelled at The likes of teams like Celtic and Rangers, they never use injuries as an excuse. You know, to, to my knowledge, I can't remember them ever. No, returned, no and, they don't. They don't you know, know so certainly, in in just this season because it's been. expected that they can cope, hmm. as you touched on, and which is why they maybe don't get the credit that they deserve for these kind of things because. They, you know, they're football teams they're football players they, they get injured doesn't matter what colour of jersey they wear. and just because you're one of the best side of the country doesn't mean you're immune to, to those kind of things happening to your team you know So, but they, they never ever hide behind that or say oh it's because we had X amount out you know because they're expected to cope because as Liam said they can bring in first team players not having to plunder their academy well, to finish up the the podcast today, we're just
2: going to look ahead to this weekend's match. So Ross County at Celtic Park. What sort of Celtic team are you expecting, Tony? Just whoever's available, really,
1: and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, whoever's available, whoever makes the, the roll call, you know. But it, it, it's on paper, it's the definition of a home banker, isn't it? But uh, I guess. Ross County are fighting for their lives.
2: Yeah, well, under Stuart Kettlewell, I believe it's two games now. They have showed battling qualities. They they almost um, brought it back at Rugby Park against Kilmarnock and just Hamilton. They had to the scrap for the draw there, so it could could be difficult in that regard,
0: Liam. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, the least you'd expect from a team in Ross County's situation is to be showing fight, and then that is now what you're seeing from them. They're, they are rallying a bit. Um, but it's just whether you know they can. I mean, they they will. I mean, no matter how hard they they battle, they will need something to go their way uh, at the weekend. Um, and I, say I don't really, uh, You know, you never know. You never know. But I don't see they'll not maybe be looking at it as a game where they they can they're going to get the points that they're going to keep them up. But I think it'll be. Um, but you you never you see, you see sometimes coming back from the international break teams are caught cold yeah, a wee we've bit. We've got
2: it, um, players coming from well Rogic should be yeah, coming yeah. back from other side of the world and so on. So um, will you be putting this one as
1: a home win in your coupon, Tony? This this uh, weekend. General rules of the coupon are for anybody out there listening: it's uh, don't touch Celtic, don't touch Rangers, and never bet against Wimbledon. That's just Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah. that's just three rules because you. It'll cost you a lot of money, okay. <laughs> Speaking uh, from experience, uh, of uh, course, uh, yes, but basically, yes, and you know, you head and heart and stuff with the other two, you know, so you but uh, if you stick with that, you never go far wrong. So, prediction time, then, gents. Uh, Liam, will come to
2: you first. What's the score going to be at the weekend?
0: Uh,
1: 2 0,
2: Celtic 2 0, very, very safe, uh, safe, uh, middle s- of the road, s- yes.
1: I'll say 3 0. Okay, <laughs> right. uh,
2: so clean sheet for Celtic, then three points. And just finally how important is it for Brendan Rodgers to get this league sewn up as soon as possible so he can give certain players a break he can maybe look at getting some of the youngsters through he just wants to get this done and dusted as soon as possible Tony. It's what it's
1: about for Celtic now it's, it's like knocking down the skittles you know you, you take each game on, on its merit you know so it's just about getting their three points against uh, the the next opponents are Ross County they'll, they'll want to get those points on the board as quickly as possible because we've got big games coming up and they might be able to rest players ahead of that if they can get the points in the bag in the league and uh, as you say so that might give others the chance to come in I'm just thinking more so of the likes of Massonda. Roberts Roberts Griffith yeah Yeah, he's he's desperate to get involved again you know so I think uh, that will be at the forefront of his mind but first and foremost I've got to to go and get the job done you know
2: yeah excellent okay well, we'll end it there this week thanks Liam for joining us and thanks again Tony we will be back next midweek don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom to get the podcast as soon as it's available and if you liked it please review and it is on there too thanks for listening